welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. Today we're going to talk about true biblical masculinity and how we're born to be bold, wild, and free. Oh, and we're made to have a profound, righteous effect on our government, even on our schools and our culture. Our guest today is Doug Giles, and I recently got turned on to his work through his latest 50-day devotional for men called the Wild Man Devotional. That led me down a, a rabbit trail of discovery in the depth of his work, and I love this guy. He's a world-class artist, best-selling author of many books with really provocative titles and even more inspiring content. He's the host of his own podcast and also Warriors and Wild Men, and he's a pastor. And he's been permanently banned from his 2 million followers by Facebook in 2018. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Jimmy, what is your favorite British uh, lead guitarist? <laughs> who, who is that? That's an easy one. That's an easy one. If I had a nickel for every time that reference was made. <laughs> what a great name, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Love having kinda you on the show. Kind of reminds me of Office Space when they had that uh, that one guy whose name was Michael Bolton. Yes. And uh, gave him crap. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's actually one of the best scenes in, in all of movies. Oh, hey, I got to tell you, I wish I was turned on to your content a long time ago. I, I definitely have a lot of catching up to do. Um, you know, I got I got uh, interested in this men's movement, right? This movement towards men's masculinity, really the heart of a man back in the Promise Keepers movement. Gosh, it's probably been 30 years ago. And then John Eldridge's work, Wild at Heart. Are you familiar with with those two? Yeah, uh, I followed Ed Cole for a good long time, and he used to uh, interface with Promise Keepers and speak at their events. Um, mm. uh, Eldridge, not so much. Yeah. Everybody tells me that I got to read his books, and I'm like, eh, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're in, like, you're John. Somebody tells me I got to do something, I don't do it. You know, I love that about you. <laughs> My two daughters are alpha warrior chicks. Yes. They've got their black belts. Uh, first two uh, females get their black belts in Gracie Valenti Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that. So I love the fact that your daughters are involved in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. My son, Jake, so I've got three sons and a daughter. So I, you're speaking to my heart right now about the strength of my young daughter, who's 19 now. But my middle son just got into Jiu-Jitsu, and oh my gosh, he, he's discovered a whole new world of capability. Yeah, that's great. I, I tell people the, the second... And probably maybe second, third most important thing we ever did for our kids, uh, aside from leading them to Christ and, mm -hmm. and raise them in a in a rowdy, godly home and uh, moving to South Florida, which was a huge, great decision, you know, mm -hmm. that we made at that time mm -hmm. was getting them into jujitsu because the the values, the discipline, the respect, the hierarchy, the yes. uh, learn your place, you know, work your butt off, you know, yeah. graduate. And uh, it's just it's just a great thing for just their whole life. I yeah. mean, when they walk into a room, you know, they're beautiful, they're poised, uh, they look cool, and they have the capability to kill everybody in there. <laughs> I love that. Need. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love that. You know, I, I think what you just said is really important, right? That, uh, that our young ladies are not meant to be sitting ducks and waiting for a man to swoop in and complete them or, or save them or rescue them or whatever that is. Um, and you've written a bit on this kind of this biblical badass, if you will. I mean, you're, you're, the titles of your books make me want to read them. Tell me a little bit more about the strength of women, and in particular, the way you see it in the Bible. 
Yeah. Uh, again, when you when you uh, when you look at you know Christendom and uh, the the sassy prissy world of evangelicalism where I dwell, yeah. Um, when you think of a woman of God, she's just saying you know bless your heart all the time, and she's <laughs> and she's uh, you know got precious moment figurine collection, and she's you know some some tea swiller and stuff like that. You look at the you look at the biblical badass women in the scripture. Mm. Oh my God, man. Yeah. I like Deborah. So Deborah is interesting because uh, Barak, which is an interesting name for a feckless, uh, nutless leader, he wouldn't he wouldn't pony up and be the man. And so God said, I'm going to raise up Deborah Mm. and uh, uh, the women are going to get the victory instead of you. So he gets his prophetess, Deborah, who's also a judge. And uh, they weigh like Sisera. And and then you have Yael gets injected into that mix. And so Sisera's running for his life. Mm. Uh, he's out of there like a bootlegger out of Alabama on a Saturday night. Deborah's on his heels looking to kill him. And he thinks he's going to, you know, get a little pit stop at this gypsy's tent. So he goes into Yael's tent. She plies him with some warm milk, gives him a blanket to take a nap, and then nails his head to the ground. <laughs> and uh, that's that's my kind of biblical chick, you know. Yes. They're not just sitting around talking about their feelings, sipping wine, and <laughs> writing in their journal. These are these are epic ladies. Rahab, Jimmy. Yeah. Rahab. Let's see. If we're going to extend our ministry into international new territory, hmm. Who could be our liaison point person to help our two spies uh, check out the land of Canaan? Mm. I know, says the Lord, let's get a filthy pirate hooker who has a penchant, not only uh, for what, how can I put it, um, sexual deviancy, but also, mm. James, she, she'll lie if she has to in order to get the job done. I, I like the smorgasbord aspect. They are so yeah. the, the women are so eclectic. Mm. They're anything but normal, and um, it, it's just a beautiful uh, uh, composite yeah. of uh, deadly dames that uh, God pulled out of the sidelines of life and put them into the sacred pages of uh, biblical history. Yeah, and I wrote a book yeah. called "Biblical Badasses: The Women." Yes. That ladies, if you're going to have a little Bible study, read that one. It'll blow your pantyhose off. I'm getting that copy for my for my daughter. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I love the fact that you paint just unbelievable portraits of these of these biblical heroes, really, if you will. And I also love that God takes people who are imperfect, who are maybe far from him in some ways and redeems them, restores them and then uses the strength that he put in them, uses that grit for something far greater than than they would have been capable of had they not had that in them. Yeah, when uh, when Trump was uh, running for the White House in 2016, I'd have some like fat Baptist guys like, can you believe, you know, Christians are going to vote for Donald Trump? I mean, he's <laughs> he's imbibed deeply in the superfluity of naughtiness. You know, he bumped uglies with uh, what was that chick's name? Uh, the stripper. And yeah. um, and he's done this and that. He's a playboy. And, and it's like, listen, the guy's not saved. All right. Right. If you were a billionaire and you didn't have the Holy Spirit saddled, saddling you, I guarantee, Jimmy, I'd have a, a line of beautiful Brazilian and Russian supermodels, you know, two to three miles long that I would wade through. Yes. And um, when, when, when they say, how could, how could we vote for somebody as flawed as Donald Trump? I go, you mean like King David who committed right. adultery? 
and conspired to commit murder. You mean like yes. Moses, who actually did murder a man, ran from the law, and he's on the lamb working a crap job for his father-in-law? Mm. Or what about Noah? He got so wasted, he falls down, you know, naked, drunk. And then you got Samson, who who uh, who dated uh, uh, or hired a prostitute. He yeah. married some girl like Miley Virus. And um, you've got this whole, again, this whole eclectic, you know, amalgam yeah. of human critters that are more diverse than the bar scene in Star Wars that God's pulling mm-hmm. online in order to use and change the planet. That's what mm-hmm. I dig about the true Christ of the scripture is that yeah. he comes out of left field. God's in yeah. the habit of uh, using somebody who people thinks a nobody without asking anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that about him. I do love that. And I think that's, you know, it's encouraging to me, too, because if perfection, if our own personal perfection was required for us to get in the battle, to get in this fight. Yeah, we're screwed. I mean, what do we do now? You know, we're all disqualified. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, going back to the the fat Baptist guy who couldn't believe Donald Trump, you know, would imbibe deeply in uh, in, in such naughty things. Um, there's there's nobody queuing up. Uh, to have sex with him. There's nobody, uh, you know, hitting him with the temptations that Trump got yes. hit with, you know, prior yes. to the presidency. So yeah. he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of these do-gooders and stuff, they just haven't been in the proper environment to see the demons that live inside them. Yeah. And I do think we're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about government because I do I do believe that our engagement in government government's big. That's a little later. I want to ask you, I, you know, I, I know everyone's wondering how on earth did you get banned from Facebook? First of all, this was before cancel culture. This was before this was even popular to ban people from platforms. How did you manage to have that happen? What'd you do? Yeah, I love it when my buddies, I'll, I'll call them up or, or they'll text me, hey, man, I got put in Facebook jail for seven days. I'm like, well, keep trying harder. You know, <laughs> keep trying harder. They banned me for life on October. I think it was October 11th, 2018. It was the first purge, actually. Wow. And, um, and you know, some people, it got some national attention. I did some radio and TV uh, spots on it. Um, but one thing I told folks, like, guys are coming for you. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, Doug, you're just too... You're too brash, too much bravado, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, too silly with the content. And, yeah. And so um, it's like, they're coming. Just, <laughs> they, just trust me, they're coming. Yes. And so uh, we started noticing it, Jimmy, like around April of 2017, where mm-hmm. like our page, we had, I had 2 million followers. And we had a page reach of 10 to 20 million people a week, not a month or a year. I mean, we were killing it. Uh, my news portal, Clash Daily, was one of the top uh, news sites. Mm on online and stuff. And that's not just my estimation. I mean, Facebook yeah. would rank the top 25 publishers and wow. we would beat Hannity. We'd beat O'Reilly. And we had a, you know, skeleton crew of uh, 10 or 12 people and a, a mm-hmm. bevy of writers, you know, that weren't getting paid for it. They just wanted exposure on our platform. Mm-hmm. And we were killing it, man. We were fast. We were furious. We were funny. Uh, we would do memes that would just absolutely rock the Facebook world. One meme we had, <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if I can even say it. <laughs> I'll skip that. But one meme, one meme that we did, Jimmy, it, it had 42 million Facebook shares. Oh, oh my! God. And so, so we had our we had our um, our page over there, at, uh, Facebook. We had it completely monetized with Facebook mm. instant articles. So we're making we're making a pretty good chunk of change, nearly seven figures wow. uh, in the year uh, that they uh, deplatformed us. So mm. anyway, when the when the Caitlyn Jenner crap started becoming in vogue and you can't say anything 
you know, cheeky or, or question, oh, yeah. you know, his, his spirit and his motivation and his journey and stuff. Well, we yeah. were. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if you remember back um, during the massive Muslim migration into Europe and stuff, mm. anything that's that remotely sounded Islamophobic, man, they would start just ratcheting our reach down big time. Wow. So in 2017, um, we got our numbers back at the end of the year. Uh, they had already mm. Uh, cost us in in ratcheting down uh, the reach of our articles about a half a million dollars. Oh my gosh! Then yeah, and then in twenty, and everybody's like, "Oh, you still made a uh, half a million dollars." Like, well, that that hurts. When yeah. You- <laughs> oh yeah, that hurts. And you're paying people, so it, it's right. not painless. Right. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah, uh, people losing jobs and stuff and getting trimmed back. So anyway, uh, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then in 2018. Uh, you know, they, they just pulled the plug on us to me. And, um, yeah, so we were set, man. I thought with Trump got in the white house, <clears throat> I'm going I'm to sail this thing into the sunset and just make mad mailbox money and God had other plans. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I didn't see it, you know, uh, clearly. I mean, I, I knew that, all right, yeah, they're going to start dusting up. They're getting their butt handed to them. So they're going to start attacking yeah. us. It's going to become more furtive and stuff. And um, so we so we made, uh, you know, escape routes and options yeah. and, and stuff like that. One thing that we did that I could tell all your uh, business guys and stuff, mm. don't build your whole flipping business around Facebook or yeah. any of these social media platforms, because that's like renovating a home that you don't own. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of, of building up your mailing list. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, we have huge yeah stonking mailing list. And if it weren't for the mailing list, uh, poof, you know, we're gone. I had colleagues, man, that they, everything, you know, all their eggs were in the Facebook basket yeah. and Facebook pulled the plug on them. And some of them had freaking strokes. Some of them had to be talked away from suicide. I wow. mean, it's, you know, when people look at these websites, they're like, oh, it's just a little blog they do. Again, you know, before they pulled the plug on us, uh, we raked in $982,000 with our little blog. It's amazing. You know, so it's a real business deal, you know. Right. So it doesn't just hurt you, you know, it hurts you in multiple dimensions. And I think that's part of the problem with it, right? So, and we've seen this cancel culture just going crazy now. Um, and if they can can't now they're canceling people that you don't think can be canceled. But what you don't see is all the all the people down, you know, that aren't nearly as big getting canceled. But let's let's shift gears a little bit. I want to get into this. Um, you you talk a lot about the wussification, if you will, of men. Why is masculinity in so much trouble today? Well, uh, our enemies want to hijack our nation. So you got these, mm. you know, radical Marxists and um, they yeah. want to, you know, gut the family, gut the church, gut uh, this grand experiment in self-governance. And, uh, and like, Barack Obama said, Jimmy, he wants mm. to fundamentally transform America. So a yeah. big impediment to uh, numb nuts like Obama or that half dead carrier pigeon that sits behind the resolute desk where Bill Boink Monica, I think his name's Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> a big impediment to uh, goobers like them are men who would be men yeah. who are not beholden to big government, who are not afraid to speak their mind. Mm who don't give two flibberty gibbets whether they get canceled or not yeah. and whether what they're, if there's, if what they're saying is true mm. and it's not, you know, in vogue in today's prissy culture, they don't care. Yeah. And so that's why I think that there's a systematic fundamental 
uh, attack going on yeah. uh, towards anything that's an XY chromosome. I don't care how old it is. If it's, you know, if it's two years old, they're going to try to drug, cajole, or shame you know, that masculine spirit that's inside that little boy yeah. because a man who's a provider, protector, hunter, and hero, mm. especially under God's governance, woo, yes. good Lord, yes. he's a perennial threat uh, to mm. people who want to control him. Yeah. I love what you you just mentioned something real important because I am seeing this pendulum swing, right? There is a group of people, there is a growing movement uh, where people are recognizing the need for strong men, that our culture's falling apart, our families are falling apart, politics are falling apart, the whole thing. But unfortunately, if it's misunderstood or it's misapplied and you don't have that righteousness that comes from the model of Jesus, you can you can take it too far or you can become something that you weren't intended to be. Why is the model of Jesus and other men found in the Bible so important to this masculine journey? Well, again, you get, you know, uh, you get masculinity divorced from the creator and mm -hmm. his word. And ooh, it, it runs rogue, man. It gets into fascism. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at you look at Islam. Islam is, you know, just growing in leaps and bounds in regards to its outreach to men because it includes this thing called murder, mm, yeah. <laughs> sword bearing and, and women domination, you know? So the guys are like, I'll take some of that. And yeah. uh, Christendom uh, and, and Christ being, you know, our ultimate role model, if you will, our mm. Lord and our savior and our God. Yes. Uh, when most people uh, hear that, uh, Jimmy, they're like, isn't he a wuss? Isn't he like mm. a bearded lady who walks around, you know, wearing Birkenstocks and he's, got a, like a beige pinois robe on and stuff. And he spits out more aphorisms than an over-medicated Joel Osteen. It's like, no, if you really read who Christ uh, uh, was in the scripture, like mm -hmm. I did a book uh, two years ago, I went to number one, like in two hours. Mm -hmm. It's called If Masculinity is Toxic, called Jesus Radioactive. And, and I went through the entire book of Matthew mm -hmm. and I focused in on when he did something that was overtly masculine. Mm. And, uh, and I came away obviously from the title that if, if people think, uh, uh, masculinity is toxic, then Jesus, you know, according to, uh, a masculinity gauge, then he's radioactive because yeah. he did stuff, man, that like, if you went stupid in front of him, he didn't pitch on the head. He'd barbecue you. Yeah. If, uh, if, if some, to test a woman's faith, he'd call her a dog. Can you imagine mm. that, Jimmy? Oh. Uh, you got a Syrophoenician woman. She's got a daughter that's acting like one of the Kardashians, got Jeez. demons in her and stuff. Mm. And uh, she's like, you know, master, and she's an immigrant. And so <laughs> you got you got an immigrant woman who's suffering because her kids, you know, uh, played the Ouija board one too many times. Now got a nest of demons in her. Mm. She comes and begs him for help. And he says, nah, I don't throw what's holy to dogs. And a dog back then, Jimmy, that was a mongrel. It's not some cute little pet that you take to the wine bar with Sally, you know, on Thursday and stuff. It's a butt licking, uh, crutch sniffing, uh, vomit eating, four legged vulture, basically. So this and was not a positive. Uh, this was not a positive affirmation of who she was. No. And you know what yeah. she did? She said, but uh, yeah, but the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus mm. goes, boom, you know. Yes. Good answer. And uh, yeah. your daughter's delivered, by the way, and uh, stay rowdy. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, and I love that because I don't I think when I look at the pictures of Jesus, 
you know, when I look at any representation of Jesus, it does not. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's why I was really drawn to your art. Your art is killer. I mean, it's, it is masculine. It shows the nature and the character of all of the characters in the Bible. I mean, you know, you're not going to be a warrior like Gideon and be soft. You're not going to be, you know, they were handling, they were casting out demons. They were battling in real time with swords and, and you know, they were fighting wars. These were not right. soft men. Yeah. And the, the, the 12, most of them were oh. rough custom fishermen. I've been a, I've been a hunter and a fisherman all my life, man. And I've never uh, seen any of them say, oh, that's so special. I never saw any of them, uh, you know, do anything right. lame and tepid, you yes. know, like the milk toast evangelicals and stuff. They're, they're yes. rough, they're gruff. And uh, I guarantee if some spiritual guru came by the marina where I fished down in Miami and he said, follow me, that yep. most of my captains and their first mates would throw that spiritual guru into mm. the bay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Christ appealed to them because he was a yes. blue collar worker. Yeah, you guys, a carpenter before mm. uh, power tools and Home Depot. If you want a freaking wood, you had to climb up the Mount of Olives and go cut it down yourself and then plane it. Yeah, and um, that's that's what he did, you know, for a living. Those are the people that he attracted. Mm. And uh, but you look at, you know, mm. from an artistic standpoint, um, you know, whether it's uh, the Renaissance or the Raphaelites, the pre-Raphaelites, mm. or fast forward to the 20th century with Dadaism and Cubism and all that other stuff, you know, Christ and his disciples and the prophets uh, have always been depicted, uh, yes. again, like I said, like bearded women. Yeah. Like if you go oh. and Google uh, Leonardo uh, uh, da Vinci yes. and John the Baptist, Jimmy, it looks yeah. like Kate Hudson yeah. in Almost Famous. Yeah. He's got curly little hair. Yeah. He's wearing this like tank dress yeah, and he's pointing up to heaven. You know, yeah. this looks like he's got, you know, good buzz going from like too much diet Coke and Nuprin. <laughs> and, uh, and then you, then you read in the scripture who John was, he lived in the wilderness. Yeah. He was a Nazarite. He wore leather. He's got dreadlocks cause they had the Nazarites had the dreads and stuff. Yeah. He looks yes. more like Lenny Kravitz. He eats bugs. Yeah. He's not afraid of anything that walks, crawls or flies. Mm. And then to, to, to depict John or Jesus or Elijah or yeah. Moses or any of uh, these guys as effeminate, to me, that's a sin. And I yeah. think it's intentional. Yeah. Because you remember back in the day when they were doing all the, the stained glasses and stuff in the big cathedrals. Oh, yeah. Is that most of the masses were in Latin. Mm. So the, the masses uh, cannot understand the mass because yeah. they can't speak Latin. So they just, you know, they're, you know, their only recourse is just stare up at these, you know, effeminate uh, pictures and paintings mm. of Christ and his disciples. And, and if, uh, you know, if life imitates art, then the, the result and effect is going to be a bunch of little tinker pots, you know, all around. <laughs> yes. Church yeah. And stuff. And the problem so, is now we've got, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, you've heard the term, you know, strong men create good times, good times, create strong, uh, create weak men, weak men, create bad times. It's kind of the Jordan Peterson quotes. Probably somebody else came up with that. But I think that's part of the problem, right? We we've got generations of weak men, generations of people that are that are soft, and that's why I love. I was really attracted to your latest book, the Wild Man Devotional. You know that fifty day devotional for men, and in that you say that men are born to be wild, not mild. What do you mean? Yeah, there's uh, 
there's a, a wildness uh, that God hardwired into men and women also yeah. uh, that just in into humanity that mm-hmm. that we have shamed that thing we've beat it down we've uh, disallowed it to come out and play and stuff I mean you look at yeah. uh, when he created Adam and Eve he could have could have put a holiday in there and could have done you know whatever built structure and stuff like that but he birthed mm-hmm. them in the wild and I think that there's mm-hmm. an aspect of the creative order and uh, and that that Elijah type John the Baptist yeah. vibe that resides in everybody and we've been taught to you know to hold that thing down suppress that baby mm-hmm. instead of let it roar yeah. and and let it be manifested in your life and uh so it it can mm-hmm. go into you know hiking and hunting and fishing and i do all that stuff all the time but mm-hmm. uh i think the wildness that's um necessary now jimmy is the wildness for the men of god and for the women of god to speak Frickin' truth. Yes. Be bold and truth. So so you went camping. Woohoo. Yes. So you shot a mule deer. Yippee. I'm all about it. But you can do all that stuff. You can you can pump iron. You can get 50 tattoos. You yes. can hunt. You can eat raw fish and eat the heart out of a lion. Yay. Mm-hmm. But if you're a coward to speak the truth nowadays, you're not a wild man. Yes. You're a mild man. Mm-hmm. You're a tinker pot. And uh, you need to, uh, I don't know, maybe get the wild man devotional, grow a set, and then <laughs> understand that your wildness not only extends to uh, the wilderness and those great adventures outdoors, but it also stands to your unbeholdenness to mm. stuff that is pure bovine scatology and your ability to stand up and speak against it, mm. no matter what the cost. To me, that's where, you know, uh, I really think, Jimmy, now the, the wild man yeah. aspect needs uh to be exhibited in technicolor yeah i think you're right it's funny i I wrote that down uh just this whole idea of that it takes courage to speak truth today because of all of the opposition to truth and that narrative you say at uh, i laughed a couple times yesterday i was listening to a couple of your podcasts you said uh you're you're there to put brains and cojones on men is that what you said did i get that right yeah, I, the the uh, the straight version is brains and balls on believers, and uh, it's what I do. It's it's my full I'm full time doing this twenty four seven three sixty five because I think, you know, again in regards to guys, uh, they need to shore up their cranium. They need to yes. uh, understand a Christian worldview. They need to be able to mm-hmm. teach that and uh, and apologetics uh, to mm-hmm. the kids. You yes. know, it's like, well, we just put our kids in children's church. You're going to give them flannel graphs when China China's breathing down our neck. When you've yeah. got a hostile Marxist takeover in our nation, if yeah. you, I tell parents this all the time, Jimmy, <clears throat> it's that if you don't teach your kids apologetics and the Christian worldview, then make certain that they learn Mandarin because they're going to be speaking it in about 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, you know, if you look at the at all the statistics, all the polls that are coming out even tell us that only a third of our pastors have a biblical worldview. So we're not even teaching it from the pulpit today. Right. Yeah. Uh, most of them sure. are woke. I had yeah. a, there's a church in Austin that the white pastor mm. uh, stood up after the, the Floyd riots. And, uh, and boy, what a revelation we found out, you know, after all of the stuff came out of what he had in his system. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah. after, the, after the George mm. Floyd riots, where they did, what, a billion dollars in damage? Yeah. Uh, last year, nobody goes to jail. But if yep. you're a J6 guy who shows up at the Capitol, ooh, we'll hold you without charging you. 
Oh yeah. Anyhow, Jimmy, I'm getting I'm derailing and stuff. But, well, and um, even now, even now, it's interesting because there is prosecution there, and you know, there's been all this damage at at uh, crisis pregnancy centers. There's been all this damage at Catholic churches that are pro life. There's there's tremendous opposition and vandalism and the rest there, and n- not a single arrest. And and meanwhile, we've got pro-life advocates that are showing up outside of abortion clinics and they're being arrested and prosecuted. It just right. shows you what the cultural war that we're in the middle of. Yeah. And then uh, and then, you know, going back to uh, pastors and stuff mm. um, and they're not even addressing it. we got a 400 yeah. ton elephant in the room yes. and they won't talk about it. Everybody's yeah. dealing with it. Yes. Uh, we're, we're seeing um, our nation being ripped off via uh, inflation. They're given. Yes saddling our kids with debt that they can't even pay off in their lifetime, uh, much less ours. We've yeah. got a border that's uh, uh, incredibly porous. I saw the guy who heads up fair, who's mm. uh, uh, an immigration think tank there in DC yeah. said it's about 5.5 million uh, yes. that have come through that border, not 2 million, which yeah. is uh, the estimate that the government gives us. And even that's yeah. horrible. And then you've got all the stuff that they're doing with the trans stuff, uh, yes. forcing that on kids and talking yes. about anal sex and oral sex to five to nine year olds. Yeah. And then you've got a pastor who won't even say anything about it, doesn't yeah. equip the church to stand against it, doesn't, doesn't give yeah. them the brains, again, the, the biblical acumen, the Christian mm. worldview uh, to go against these insidious ideas. And yeah. then he doesn't give them via uh, an example of boldness and cojones to go and mm. confront this crap that there's yeah. only a small minute fraction of the American population that even believes it's yeah. tenable or viable. And everybody mm. else is just waiting for leaders to come forward, yes. Jimmy, yes. that just to address the crap. And listen, yes. if the church pastors are not going to do it, yeah. Ooh, oh yeah, there's, re- there's replacement people waiting in the wings that they'll show up. And that's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Jimmy is, um, yeah. A lot of mom and dads, you know, who don't have a theological degree. They're not a professional minister, but they're righteously pissed off the right things and they're not afraid anymore and they're going to speak their mind. Hey, thanks for listening to part one of this two-part podcast with Pastor Doug Giles. Make sure to listen next week where Doug continues to push buttons and challenge us with provocative messages and book titles. See you next time.